Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This episode of the Therapy is a Christian podcast is brought to you by my webinar that I will be doing December 1st, Help Me Find a Therapist. If you have been listening to my podcast for the entire year, sis, it's time. In celebration for my one-year anniversary of doing the Therapy is a Christian podcast, I want to take it a step further and help you find a therapist for yourself. We're going into the 2020 year, and what better way to start off the year than to start your healing journey by finding a therapist? So in this webinar, I will be teaching you everything you need to know about what to look for on your therapist profile, insurance options if you have insurance, low-cost options for sessions if you don't have insurance, how to set up your appointment, how to find a therapist in your area, and maybe even taking a step further and finding a therapist that is specific to your race. So please take advantage of this amazing opportunity to where I will walk you through step-by-step on how to find a therapist. All the information will be linked below, and I cannot wait to see you December 1st at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Now, let's get to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Therapies of Christian podcast. Yes, there is no theme music this time either, girl. <laughs> um, so welcome to my part one series of Therapy as a Christian. I guess a blast in the past. I guess you, I don't even really know what to call this, but this is going to be a part five series that I will be sharing with you all over the course of the rest of the year. Um, this will be installment in part one. I talked about in the last episode how I've been very reflective over the last couple of months, weeks, um, with the one year anniversary of my podcast, which is on December 1st. And in that, um, I have my live stream episodes or my live streams that I did on Facebook and Instagram Last year in 2018, around the summertime and the fall time that I talked about um, in detail in my last episode. And so I wanted to actually give you all the opportunity to hear where this podcast started from and where it's, you know, brought me to in doing now a whole year's worth of episodes with 20,000 downloads, um, giving all glory to God. And so this Part one episode will be my very first live stream that I did for Therapy as a Christian back in last year. And you will hear my full on testimony. (laughs) I re-listened to the um, recording of it and I gave my entire life story. But I think that will give you a really good background into where I was at that time in particular and why I was so excited to share about therapy. Um, I gave a really good background of my past times having had multiple therapists before getting to the one that I have currently. And in next week's episode, you will hear part two of that live stream where I'll actually be talking about my current experience 
with therapy. And around that time, I was probably six months into my full-on healing journey. And so this is going to be part one. I really hope you enjoy it. Please send me a DM if you enjoy this message. And happy Thanksgiving to you all. I hope to talk to you soon. And we're going to get into the episode. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. How are you today? I am live on both Facebook and Instagram. So I have two screens going right now, one on my iPhone, one on my iPad. So I am going to get started in a second. I'm going to give it, of course, a couple minutes to let people come in. So again, I'm looking on both screens. What's up, cuz? Uh, I'm looking on both screens um, to... So this is really strange. I've never done lives on Facebook and Instagram. So this is so interesting. So I may be looking like this. Um, I'll try to focus on one screen so that nobody gets confused. Hey, Diavola. Um, but hi, everyone. Like I said, I'm going to give a couple minutes um, for people to come in. Faces beat. Girl, it's not. I literally only have concealer and eyelashes on and some eyebrows. But I guess that's probably more what people normally do. But yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about this topic, of course. Um, might You might have seen in the title, um, the topic of this live that I'm going to do is called Therapy as a Christian. I've been promoting it the past week, so I'm really super excited. I'm going to wait a couple more minutes to let people kind of join. And like I said, I am doing a live on both Instagram and Facebook so I'm looking at two different screens. I'm going to try to stay focused on one. Um, we'll get started at like 6.03. And kind of let people come in. If you have questions throughout the time that I'm talking, feel free to ask. I'm going to try to not make this super long, um, but I'm covering some really transparent a really transparent topic so I'm excited that you decided to join um, and like I said if you have questions feel free to ask them and okay so it's six up eight so we're gonna get started okay so hi everyone my name is Roslyn Postalweight um, I am super excited that you are tuning into this live this is something that I have been thinking about doing for quite a t quite a long time, um, but haven't really formulated how I was going to talk about this. But I wanted to um, do a live series called "Therapy as a Christian." This is going to be a two part series. Um, the first part is going to be this one, which you're going to hear is going to be about the history of why I decided to go to therapy, but also um, I wanted to give a background of 
my full experience in therapy. I have been to therapy three different times um, and currently have been in therapy since January. And so I wanted to give, people always ask me about therapy. Like I get messages about who is my therapist and what has my experience been like. Um, hey Raven. Um, and so I wanted to share this. So part one will be the history of why I decided to go to therapy. And then part two, which will be next Sunday, will be my current experience and um, how therapy has changed me spiritually, mentally, emotionally, how it's healed me internally. Um, how I look at grace differently now and my relationship with God is completely different now as well. So I'm super excited. Like I said, feel free to um, ask any questions if you have any. I'm going live on two different spaces, Instagram on this side, Facebook on this side. So um, we're going to get started. Yeah, I'm so excited. So I'm going to begin with prayer. That's just something that I felt like I wanted to do. So I'm going to pray real quick. Um, Father God, we just come before you, God, to just thank you for every single person that is going to tune in now towards the end. If they pop in and pop out, Lord, I pray that this message be used for the purpose of your kingdom. I pray that you take me out of the way and let your love be touched on every single person that is listening. I thank you now for what you're going to share through me and my testimony, God, and I thank you for it now being used for whatever way uh, you want it to be used, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. So, so this is going to be super transparent. Um, I'm going to talk about why I'm doing this topic. So this came about, I want to say about two months ago, maybe probably about two months ago. Um, and I'm coming from the scripture, Revelations 12 and 11, saying that they triumphed over him, meaning the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And so this entire live stream is going to be about me sharing my experience and my testimony to hopefully help someone else. So therapy itself. Um, there is a huge stigma currently um, within the African-American community, but also in just um, other communities on therapy and Specifically within the African-American community, there is this thought that if you go to therapy, that makes you quote unquote crazy or um, going to therapy also goes against our cultural bringing upbringing and saying that you have to be strong. You can't experience any type of um, let down. And if you do, then you're not emotionally strong or that you need to go to your elders and ask them for what you need, like your auntie, your, your grandma, your uh, great grandmother and ask them for help. Hey, hey, honey, that's my husband. Um, and so I really wanted to hit that because not only is it a stigma within the African-American community, but also in the church in that when you go to church, you're told to pray about everything. And parents that might have grown up in their church may tell you not to go to therapy, but to pray about everything. And it's like, but what if prayer doesn't work <laughs> in the sense that what if I pray and I don't get what I'm asking for? How is God helping me? How is that fixing what I'm going through. Like there's no, it, 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 it seems like it's such a disconnection with um, going to get help and seek wax counsel versus really just wanting to get the answers of what we're experiencing. And so I really wanted to talk about that. This is a no judgment zone. 
I am not an expert on therapy. Um, I am not somebody that, you know, in, I feel like I've been through trauma in the past, but my trauma may not necessarily be traumatic to somebody else and their trauma may be more traumatic. It, I'm not an expert, but I wanted to share my experience. And so um, I'm not a person that is greater than anyone else. I am broken and have been broken by so many experiences and needed God to intervene just like the next person and even somebody who's not necessarily Christian. I'm not greater than them either. So I wanted this to be something that was transparent, but also something where it was practical to understand. So um, I'm just going to give a lot of background into how I was led to go to therapy. Um, I think I was probably, let's see, I went to grad school in 2014. So I was, I was 24 when I first went to therapy, literally. So I'm going to start from when, um, I first became saved and how this has impacted up until the time I went. So I got saved when I was eight years old. I had been in church my entire life. Um, and I'm looking down cause I have some notes and, even when I was young and I experienced God at a young age, I think that I didn't have a sense of knowing um, what being saved meant or what salvation meant or what um, it meant to go to God when you were having a problem is just kind of the thing of I felt like I experienced God's presence. I wanted to know what that was. And that's why I accepted Christ. And so up until the time when I was a teenager, I had gone through a lot of different things emotionally. Um, especially depression was one of those emotions that I had felt. Um, I was really depressed when I was a teenager. I also experienced suicidal thoughts um, when I was 16 years old, around 15 or 16 years old. Um, I actually wanted to commit suicide. I was in a relationship with someone and I was, uh, he had broken up with me and I was so sad. Um, because during that time, I was also witnessing um, my parents' relationship crumble before my eyes. And so there wasn't a sense of positive relationships that were around me. And my coping wasn't very positive. I isolated a lot. I didn't really necessarily share what was going on with me. And so during that time, at 15 years old, I wanted to commit suicide. I actually wrote a suicide note. I had... Um, wanted to take some pills and go to sleep and I don't really remember exactly what happened where I didn't do it but I remember kind of thinking to myself that I knew that that wasn't something I wanted to do or how I didn't want that to be like the thing that solved the problem and so um in the interim of that like I said I witnessed my parents relationship crumble before my eyes from the age of nine up until mid-20s I was basically watching their relationship crumble. And so it was on and off, on and on, on and off relationship between them, but it was seemingly unhealthy in the sense that me and my mother had to move out of the home that we lived in with my dad. We moved so many times when I was in high school. Um, we were also really poor. We didn't have um, a lot of money at the time when I was in high school. My mother was fortunate enough to have family that did help us, but as soon as I turned 16, I got a job. Um, I wasn't involved in a lot of extracurricular activities because we couldn't afford 
to pay for the other activities. So there were a lot of things that I didn't get to really experience that would offset the sadness, quote unquote, that I was feeling when I was a teenager. And so from me experiencing this type of um, just overwhelm of just sadness, again, like I said, my mother, um, was the one that was raising me at the time. She was also very sad. She had been with my dad. I think the time they separated was about 17 years at that point. So they had been together for a while by the time they divorced, um, before they separated, because they didn't divorce till I was in my 20s. And so for her, it was also a very depressing time. She didn't go out. She didn't make friends with people. She didn't... Um, really do a lot so this was what I was witnessing as a 14 15 year old to do when you are sad so I had developed these unhealthy coping skills at a very young age on how to deal with my sadness which was isolation um closing myself off to people not really talking about things maybe staying in bed not really hanging out with friends all the while she really didn't do those things because we didn't have money but at 14 and 15 you don't necessarily know that so um I was in church still though um during the time that I was a teenager I went to New Direction I want to say when I was about 16 or 17 years old and I went those two years when I was in high school but during the time that I went um it was like I experienced happiness when I was at church but when I left church I went back to my same environment. So there wasn't anything that was kind of necessarily to me offsetting, like I explained earlier, the sadness that I was feeling. And so there also was a lot of turmoil going on um, with my dad where I didn't have a relationship with him, but people would tell me I need to have a relationship with him. And I was really upset with the fact that you left us and just all these feelings that I felt towards my dad that I never addressed until I was an adult that were also a part of my poor mental health. So I realized that I had poor mental health when I was a teenager, uh, which led into very low self-esteem, uh, very low happiness, um, and just really unhealthy feelings again. So this goes into um, my grad, uh, when I went to undergrad. So I had graduated from high school and at that time, I kind of, I went to MTSU, which is in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And I, um, at that time, felt like I was beginning to develop a relationship with God for myself. You know, like when you are in church and you you go with your parents, you kind of have no God based on what they tell you or what you experience with them, but not your own relationship. So that was when I felt like I had had my relationship with God. Um, at that time. So I ended up going to college, but after my first semester, I left and ended up, left home for Christmas. Um, and during Christmas break, I ended up having a stroke at 18 years old, which caused me to have to get pulled from school. And I had to stay in Memphis for, um, at the time, I think I was on mon being monitored for six, six months because I didn't know why I had the stroke. So during that time, I felt like that was when I dug into the Lord. During the time where I was 
in my first semester I, of school before this happened, I was drinking, I was smoking weed. I was not a lot of weed, but I still was smoking weed. I was hanging out with the wrong people. But in the interim of that, I was going to church. So I would do whatever I wanted to do during the week. And then on Sunday, I would go to church. And it was like this very weird kind of mindset because I was just the time I was becoming. I was, at this point, I was trying to just figure out what it was like to be a Christian for myself. So when I ended up coming back to Memphis and I got sick, I felt like that was God's intervention with me to get me to this point. I, at this point, I was trying to just maintain um, what was, what, kind of understand what was going on. Why did you take me from school? Why did you allow me to have a stroke? Why did you, you know, take me away from this place that I thought was so amazing, which was school, to back in Memphis with my mama? And I was just like, I don't really understand this, Lord. So I ended up um, really digging into God's word at the time, and I felt like he was pursuing me. I felt like my stroke was his way of getting me in line, but also his way of pursuing, pursuing who I was, pursuing me as his daughter and all of these things. So I had gained a lot of knowledge of who God was during that time. And so I was like, I'm going back to MTSU. Like, I got to, like... I know that I want to go. I want to go back. I ended up going to summer school and all these things and went back to school. So I went back to Nashville, Murfreesboro area to go back to school. And during this time, um, I got involved in a lot of activities. I was I made a lot of new friends. I was felt like I was back on track with what I felt like I should have been doing in the first place when I went to school. And so by this point, my junior year, I had started getting involved in Mount Zion, which was a church in Nashville that I was a part of. Um, and it was just involved in so many activities. And so at this point, I got connected with my cousin, who was also very um, spiritual and was into the Lord. And he poured a lot into my life during that time. I also got connected with a really good friend who he and I started a Bible study in um Murfreesboro in my apartment at the time and that was a very interesting season of life in the sense that I started something with one of my friends that ended up turning into something I didn't expect um it became this thing of 50 college kids in my apartment at school talking about the Lord on a Friday night and it was overwhelming in the sense of I got to see God's love. Um, it was overwhelming in the sense I got to see people seeking God who were my age. We had something to relate to. It was interesting in the sense of it, it was just an overwhelming good situation. However, during that time, my parents were also preparing to divorce. Um, they had finally gotten to that point where in their separation, they really didn't want to be together. So they were divorcing. So that impacted a lot of male relationships that I had, boyfriends, people I was talking to at the time. Um, and so I kind of poured everything into that Bible study at that point, And I felt like I can't do anything to mess this up. I can't do anything to mess up what <clears throat> blessing God has given me in the sense of serving these people, serving all these college kids 
that I can't mess up. I can't, I can't drink anymore. I can't have sex anymore. I can't smoke anymore. I can't do anything bad. I can't go to parties. I can't do this. Just this very condemning performance-based living that grace wasn't involved at all. That I became to a point where I had to do this because God blessed me. And if I mess up, they're going to see me mess up. And so I condemned myself so bad whenever I quote unquote messed up that it became very hard to, I feel, feel genuine about what I was doing. But also in the sense of where not only did I condemn myself, I condemned other people. I felt like I judged them if they went out or didn't come to the Bible study and went to a party or became very judgmental of just other people that it became very a religious mindset. So I didn't feel like I was being genuine to other people, but also to myself. And so when the Bible study ended, I felt like God took away a blessing from me. And I began to get very depressed. Um, I slept a lot. I isolated going back to those very unhealthy coping skills that I had developed when I was a teenager just as a point of condemnation towards me because I felt like I had to perform and do well and become this perfect person so other people can be approved. Um, I can't read all of this. Uh, okay, perfect, awesome. Um, critical of myself. So in the interim of that, I felt like when I became depressed, I began to beg God to help me. Like I was like, you have to help me. You have to heal me. You have to help me in this situation. I don't know what it is that you want me to do. I don't know what it is that you purpose for my life, but can I just beat myself up over some a transition that happened? Because ultimately the Bible study ending was a season that ended and a transition happening. And so I didn't do well with that transition. I became very depressed. I beat myself up. I feel like I didn't live up to God. I didn't. I wasn't worthy to be his daughter. I wasn't worthy to serve him and all of these things. And so I felt like because I messed up by this Bible study ending, um, that God didn't love me anymore. And it was a very down time because I remember, although I was still going to church and although I was still doing all these things, I wasn't internally fulfilled. I wasn't internally happy with me. And I think that's where therapy segued into where I became and became to understand internal happiness starts with you, not situational things. And so um, going into that, I had graduated from grad school, not grad school, graduated from undergrad and left left Murfreesboro and went to Memphis to back home to live. And at the time, um, I had just started a relationship with my now husband um, and we had just started really talking and dating, um, but he lived in Nashville and I live in Memphis, so we were in a long distance relationship. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Which was good at the time for the time that it was but it was real still really hard because of course the person I really enjoyed and loved spending time with wasn't wasn't around me so I worked a couple years and then went to decided to go to grad school and I remember specifically was in a class and Diavola if you're on here you can attest to this one of my professors um stated every good therapist needs a therapist and I was like shit girl well I know I want to do therapy, but I was like, I gotta talk to somebody. Like I didn't, I wasn't, I was not open to talking to a therapist. I was like, uh, uh-uh, not gonna happen. And I remember when she said that, I was thinking, well, how can I, as a therapist, serve somebody else if I'm not helping anybody, if I'm not helping myself? And so I remember being in grad school and was like, had a huge problem with anxiety like overwhelm was like dr simmons overwhelm was hard transitions were hard i felt like i wasn't good enough to be in this program my classmates were smarter than me they had just got out of school they had knew more about therapy social work than i did and i was so like overwhelmed with anxiety I constantly was like obsessive over what is it that God wants me to do? What is it that I should be doing? What do I need to do? I don't feel like I'm serving my purpose. Just this overwhelm of thoughts and fear and just constant worry to where I couldn't really necessarily I was doing. Um, I didn't feel like I was progressing. I didn't feel like I was moving. I just felt very stagnant. And it was like an overwhelm of thoughts. Even though I'm in grad school and I'm learning and I'm doing these things, I didn't feel like I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. And so I give therapy a shot and I ended up, what happened was she talked about us going to, if we were interested in going to therapy, um, there was a 
a counseling service program through the University of Memphis where you can go to go see a therapist for free. And I was like, well, I of course don't have any money because I'm in grad school. So I might as well try this out. And I remember um, when I went, I filled out this form. They couldn't get me in the same day. I was really bummed about that. And then they called me and set up an appointment. Um, and I ended up there was a man that walked out and he walked me back and I was like, gosh, they put me with a man. And I was so mad because I was like, I don't know if I can talk to a man at all. Like, I don't, first of all, I'm talking to somebody I don't know, but also I'm talking to a man. Like, um, my first session, I was super nervous. I did not know what the hell I was going to talk to him about. So he came in and he was like, you know, what is it that you, what brings you in? And I said, I need to talk to somebody. I feel like I'm having a lot of different things going on um, and I want to talk to someone. And he was like, okay, what's going on? And so he began to kind of ask some probing questions. Um, and I had kind of stated that I feel like I'm having a lot of anxiety. I feel like I'm a little worried all the time. Um, and he just shook his head. Took, took some notes and so on and so forth. And so he asked more questions that delved into um, some past feelings of just like, have you ever felt this way? Have you ever felt this way? If so, how long? Um, have you ever had thoughts of this? Or have you ever had thoughts of that? And I, um, and yes, I've experienced those things. This is, you know, so on and so forth. So I tell people this all the time, especially when I'm explaining therapy. And I'll go into my next scripture um, because I think before I had went to therapy, there was a lot of things that God was dealing with me internally on as far as shame, condemnation, condemnation of myself. I had really low self-esteem. Um, and so it goes into my second scripture, which is Luke 18, 17 for it says for nothing secret will be will not be revealed or anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. And so. I had a lot of judgment, a lot of unforgiveness towards my dad, a lot of um, feelings of just shame with the feeling of I failed this Bible study and all these feelings that I had had that I didn't know were deep inside of me that I felt like I was trying to bring to the light. But of course, being flighty people that we are and sheep, we just kind of do our lives and we don't really sit down to address stuff with God. And so um, I compare things to people especially as a Christian with going to therapy is therapy is an open confession it was my place of where I felt safe I felt secured I felt that this was a place where the person that was listening to me didn't judge me um that God was always present um the first therapist I had actually was a Christian and he was a male um it was great because during the time I was long distance from my um boyfriend who is now my husband and so we talked about my relationship and he gave great male perspective. Um, it was just a very good time for me to learn about myself, but also be um, comfortable with talking about things. And I think in therapy, therapy isn't a place where you seek advice. It's a place to process things that have happened to you. And it's a place where you're able to talk through specific situations and specifically for me, Every single therapist I have talked about, the root of my issue, I feel like, is my father. The issues that I felt like I had for so long um, because I didn't 
address them. And I never had a place where I felt safe to talk about them. But I also didn't really know how those issues as a teenager impacted me up into being an adult. Um, my relationships with men, my relationships with friends, my relationships with co-workers, and even how I dealt with on a daily basis in the world. And so um, going into my experience with therapy, I can say that my first experience with a therapist helped me become more reflective. My therapist, I was with him for a year. I saw him, if not every week, every other week. I was with him the entire first year of my grad graduate school program and I thoroughly enjoyed it. The reason I stopped seeing him is because he decided he wanted to go get a job in Nashville and leave me to fend for myself. But <laughs> he left to go to school in Nashville. When I go to school, he was ending school. He was actually an intern at the counselor counseling program. Um, but he left to go to Nashville to, of course, get a job. And so that was why my therapy ended with him. Um, but I became, from that experience, I opened up a lot about my feelings towards my father. I opened up a lot about the um, the hard moments I experienced with my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time when we were long distance. Um, I talked about just my love. It helped me to dig deep into what was blocking me emotionally, why I never addressed it, and my anxiety, depression. Because here's the thing with being anxious and being depressed. There's always something that leads to that moment. And there's always fear. There's always something that's happened in the past or something that might be happening that's causing this overwhelm. And until you address it, until you, even as a Christian, until something is addressed, you don't know really what the root of the problem is. And so therapy helps me to become more self-aware. It helps me to, when I became upset with someone, I could identify that I was upset with them, but not necessarily may have been their fault, could have been their fault, but more so what did I do to cause that upset feeling to happen? And I think in society, we blame everybody, like I said, all these external factors for why things might not be happening the way that they should versus us really dealing with us. and. We as a people and as a society don't deal with us. We don't deal with ourselves. We don't reflect on what we have done in the situation or the scenario to fix the issue. And so therapy was a place where I could process that. Therapy was a place where I could say that wasn't necessarily my dad's fault that he did all these things or he left versus looking at it as, a, as an adult and saying he was having a hard time and him and my mom didn't work out. That doesn't mean that I'm a bad person because of it or that I'm responsible um, and all these other factors that I used to feel. And so another thing and I want to say that is because the enemy will make us, will do anything to make us get down on ourselves. So I used to create these lies in my head where, or influence from the enemy, of course, these lies in my head of this is the reason this happened and it's my fault to in order to condemn myself. In all actuality, when God exposed it to me, it was more of, I may have been a part of something, but that doesn't necessarily mean it was my fault. This happened. What can I do about it? Nothing is out of my control. So why do I choose to hold on to it? So my responses changed 
from going to therapy. The way I looked at different situations changed and so on and so forth. So that was my first experience with therapy. So after I had to terminate with my therapist as he moved jobs because he left me, I ended up um, getting another therapist. I went through the summer because he had left at the end of the school year. And the following uh, school years, my second year of grad school, I had got another therapist who I only had like three months because I didn't like her. Um, she, it was a woman, it was a black woman, and nothing wrong with that. And I say this example to say is you can fire your therapist. If there's somebody that's not working with you and your job and you feel like they not giving you what you need, not saying that that will happen sometimes in therapy, there will be resistance because you're addressing things um, for yourself internally. So there, um, there is going to be emotional uh, resistance sometimes. I feel like I'm explaining that right. But with her, it just didn't feel, I didn't jive with her, which is the first thing with therapy. You have to develop a good relationship with your therapist in order to feel like you're safe and you're trusted and that you're in a good place. So I didn't feel that with her. So I only kept her for three months. Um, I, of course, then graduated. And this is going to go into the next live. So I ended up going back to therapy um, this year. So I stopped therapy the last time when I was 25. I am now 20, how old am I? 20, I'll be 28 this year, so I'm 27. So I stopped going to therapy um, after I graduated. And I felt like I was going through a period of time where, how do I describe it? I felt like I was in a good place spiritually. I felt like I was, you know, I, I felt like I was digging deep into God. and But there was still some parts of me that were sometimes resistant to God. Um, where I would, things would happen, I would get mad at them, and I'd be like, I don't want to talk to you. Or things would happen where it's like, I don't want to talk to the Lord. Like, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to read the Bible. Like, I don't want to do it. Or I would read and I wouldn't get nothing from it. Um, emotionally, I felt like I was still a little bit of in turmoil. Um, emotionally, I would hold on to things for a long time. I remember specific situations in my life with my now husband that there would be things that would happen. And I would hold on and dwell on them for a long time. My communication was not that great. Um, and I just had a tough time with conflict. I really had a tough time with conflict, and Nico can attest to this. Um, I just had, I was still struggling emotionally with certain areas of my life. And so it was hard for me. I could tell that I was still struggling. Didn't, I would pray about it, feel good for a moment, but I didn't really see change in what was going on. I found out later through going to therapy this year that I was harboring a ton of unforgiveness towards my father, which caused me to have really bad communication um it was this feeling of 
if I didn't like something that was happening, I would like check God off the list. I'd be like, I don't want to deal with you because this this is this is this bad is happening, and I don't like it. So I don't really want to deal with you because if you're the creator of all things, why are you allowing all this bad stuff to happen? It's like I don't really want to talk to you right now. I don't want to deal with you. And I recognized I did that with my father. Like if he didn't call or if I didn't get the response I always wanted, it's like I would check him off and be like, I don't want to deal with you. And I didn't know that that natural relationship was very close to that spiritual relationship and they connected. And so going into not trying to delve too much into my current experience and what I've gone through recently um, with therapy, but I went back to therapy because I had, I had got engaged and I noticed I was still experiencing a lot of anxiety, not necessarily depression where I would want to isolate or, um, close myself off or not want to get out of the bed or whatnot. I'll have spurts of that here and there, but really more the anxiety of the high high feelings of fear, of worry, of I was really nervous about become, becoming a wife. I was very, very nervous about the fact that um, I wanted to be married and it was happening. But it was like, I'm carrying so much stuff from my dad. Like, I'm carrying all these hatred feelings. Like, I didn't even want to talk to the man. And just, I knew that had an impact on me more than I wanted to probably necessarily verbatim say. Um, but it did have an impact on me emotionally. And so, um, I just had a lot of baggage, y'all. Like, it was just, I knew that going into being married to somebody, I didn't want to carry baggage. I didn't want to be at a place where people's feelings of me like people please I was a people pleaser I, people's feelings of me mattered to me like I wanted to be secure as a woman as a as a person that was going to be you know the helpmate of somebody else I knew in myself I needed to be secure and confidence was something that I always struggled with but more so than anything the confidence of now becoming somebody's mate was a lot for me to carry and so I knew I wanted to go back to therapy to address some of that. Um, I'll talk about in the next live how I got connected with my therapist, why even, how that situation happened because it was by far the Lord and what I've gotten from that. So I will address that next week. Um, but I really wanted to say from this, and I hope you've gotten a lot from this, is that from me taking the step to open myself up to quote unquote, a stranger but opening myself to somebody who in their position is being used as a vessel by the Lord to help somebody heal um, I was internally healed and it took me going through through a couple people to get to that point but I think there are certain levels to our healing that have to take place um, when you go through healing there's sometimes a band-aid that's put on it to just cover the wound just so that nothing else is exposed to it doesn't necessarily mean that the wound is completely healed and that you have new skin that's grown around it is just covering it to protect it and so sometimes in our healing we need you know just something to help cover up what might be exposing to cover us and protect us from what might be happening and I felt like that was my gateway into therapy the first time versus now I'm able to pull the band-aid off and treat what's going on. And ultimately, I feel like I have healed. Um, and am still healing in a lot of ways. But 
I'm, it's so much easier for me now to deal with a lot of things emotionally. And so um, I want to offer some resources because if you're interested in going to therapy, um, please take this opportunity at this point of hearing this to do so. But I want to really go delve in deeper next week on how I have been healed spiritually and emotionally from this experience. Um, especially opening this dialogue to talk about. Like, this wouldn't be something that I would normally do, girl, because I don't really just share like that. But I wanted to be transparent and say, like, we're all fucked up sometimes. Like, we are all broken at one point in our lives. And we need God to, and I, excuse my French, but we need God. We need him to heal us. So... In resources I wanted to provide one I don't physically have with me because I gotta go pick it up from her but um, one resource if you're interested in looking for a therapist um, and wanting to look for one for inexpensive um, open open path collective o p e n p a t h c o l l e c t i v e dot org OpenPathCollective.org is a website where you can find a therapist in your area for very inexpensive rates for your therapist can be between $30 to $50. You negotiate that, of course. That's how I found my current therapist. Um, and they have therapists all over the country. You can even filter whether if you want a black therapist, a woman or a man. You can read their profile. Their picture is on there. Um, so specifically, if you might be a victim of sexual abuse, if you might be someone who's um, experienced grief and loss, if you've lost a pain that has caused you to have PTSD, like all of these different things. Um, thanks, Steve, for putting, thanks, Jade, for putting the um, website there. Open Path Collective is a good website um, to find a therapist for really inexpensive. Next, I would also suggest Talkspace. This is for somebody who might necessarily be on the go. I tried Talkspace at one point. I liked it, but it was a little too expensive for me. And it's an um, interactive, like you do it through your phone therapy. Um, I didn't like it because like I said it was too expensive for me, but it's good for somebody who might be on the go. They might have a little bit more um, time on their hands, but also might be somebody that travels a lot. So like somebody might be a um, flight attendant or somebody travels for work a lot it might be good for you you can text your therapist every single day you can set up phone sessions based on what package you choose it's a very good um resource i like i said i used it i really liked it when i did it it's an app on the phone that you can that get you set up really quickly you just type like what you want and you can text the therapist you get assigned to a person based on your package you can text them you can um do phone sessions and whatnot. So Talkspace.com. Thank you, Shada. You so thank you, girl. Um, also, my friend uh Diavola Shade, she recently wrote an amazing book called Girl, I hope I say it right, uh, The Therapeutic Journal, 30 Prompts for Self-Healing. Shade, put it in the thing because I <laughs> I don't know the, the little small prompt, but it is a journal that you actually can purchase from her. Um, go to her page. I did. Okay. <laughs> but it is the therapeutic journal. It is if you are somebody that may not be really necessarily interested in going to therapy and talking to somebody, 
it is a journal that you can actually do yourself she calls it basically like healing for your eyes only where you can actually she gives you prompts to write about and it addresses so many areas like abandonment rejection your past present and future and gives you uh, the ability to write and reflect so how I talked about reflection was really important for me when I went through therapy the first time that is a phenomenal resource that you can try out first you could even do the whole journal take it with you to therapy and talk to a therapist about it so I always um I think that that's an amazing um resource if you're interested in purchasing message me I will send you the link to go on there and buy she's really good about getting back to you um or you can hit that link um she's really good about getting back to people fairly quickly like within the same hour um and letting them be able to purchase the journal she can ship it to your house or if you live in Memphis meet you it's whatever you prefer um and then lastly I want to bring up this point because this was a book that I uh, really like the battlefield of the mind um this was a really good book to read if you're interested in just like the um spiritual uh what am i trying to say spiritual sense of like understanding the mind like this is and the battlefield of spiritually the battle of what goes on in our heads because if satan can get this he can get anything and i think it's important for us to know that as christians that therapy is about addressing the mind because if he can get this, he can have your whole life. And so that's why God says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I want to say that one. And then, hey, honey. <laughs> and then lastly, I want to also, this is a current book I'm reading. God told me to read this book and I'm still reading it called Fervent. And it's a book on prayer. Um, this is a book that I've actually been I've had it for like two years, but I haven't read it. And I've he told me to read it, and I've been reading it, and it's been addressing everything a part of me related to prayer. And so I know that we say sometimes prayer doesn't work, or prayer is this, or prayer is that. And it's like, yeah, I felt those feelings too until I kind of really read some of this book and I realized that prayer is very strategic and how we pray is important. And so it teaches you kind of how to pray and whatnot. So that is all I wanted to say, y'all. I think I've said a lot of things. Tune in next week. I will be talking about my current therapy experience, which has been so phenomenal. Like, I can't even begin to describe the, like, I've been going to therapy since January. So it's been about six months. And I want to talk about something real quick before I leave. Um, if you're nervous about paying somebody to talk about, your problems don't be you're making an investment into your life that you are going to see come back to you tenfold when you let out everything that you feel is internally inside of you the devil has no power anymore at that point you've taken his power you have taken on your power by releasing that to God and giving it to him and not only that but you are giving yourself an investment of love but also an investment of clarity that you may not even know but it's just i would i would be happy to pay my therapist my 40 dollars a session because i know what i'm getting back from her and god through going to her i can't even explain so i'm not gonna get emotional but it's amazing y'all so before i cry on 
feel like I'm about to cry. But yes, yeah, so um, that's all. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me if you're watching the replay. Thank you so much for getting, making it to the end. And I love so much sharing this. Um, and I will be back on next week. Not just, And it's not just talking. It's got an intentional dialogue that contains that you, contains you in a deep yes literally so it's not just about like I said therapy isn't about getting giving getting advice it's about processing you get advice here and there but it's more about you the therapist lets you think um and I'll talk about that more next week because that's kind of goes into what I was gonna say but anyway all right love so much to talk to y'all if you feel like somebody might need to hear this broadcast please share it um send it to someone tag them um and i love you all so much okay bye sick of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.